Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Mike on a mission. And I am Marty Shanetti. Welcome to episode 96, Monday Night Raw. We are the dudes of discourse. Yeah, that's what we do here. We're not men on a mission. We are not men on a mission. We are the dudes, dudes of dis- discourse. Oh, yeah, we are the dudes of discourse. <laughs> and here's where I... Deem us, knight us, the dudes of discourse. Name change on the old pocket. No, <laughs> no, no, it's still Wrestling History X. But we're the dudes of discourse. There you go. You can't, you can't say we're not dudes Sir of discourse. Shane yeah, you can take the the out. <laughs> this was the 26th episode of Raw, produced by the WWF. It would take place on July 19th, 1993, at the Manhattan Center in New York City, with an attendance of 1,200 people. Manhattan Center looks a little bit different. A little bit. I don't know why, but it's a little, they've moved it around a little bit somehow. Yeah, they've probably moved some things around to get a few more people in there. Yeah. 1,200, huh? <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. And a cabbage patch. But we're back in New York, so I bet Shane has got something tasty for us. I do. So, you know, we're going to be visiting New York quite a bit, so I'm going to do something a little different. Yeah, unlike the times where I've gone to Georgia, or possibly because of all the times we went to Georgia, trying to find something that many times. It's a biscuit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you, you run Georgia. out and you just start using the same ingredients over and over. So we've done some New York stuff. This time we're going to go back to our original raw theme, which was raw. So I got uh, some raw goodies for us. One whole bell pepper. Yes, one whole bell pepper, which is honestly fresh veggies, a little fresh citrus, uh, some fresh fish, and a delicious sauce to go with it. Minus Uh, the bell pepper. Yes, no bell pepper. Bell pepper is yeah. Bell pepper is wrong. Hot pepper is good. Hot pepper is good. All I know is hot pepper. Can't remember the meme. Cheat. Eat, Eat hot chip and lie. That was where I was going. Sorry. <laughs> I think I saw that one. Uh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this time, supporting the raw theme, I went to uh, my friends over at Sushi Nico here in Oklahoma City and got what is called their Yellowtail Special. It is uh, seven sh- uh, sashimi slices of yellowtail on a, uh, a bed of ponzu sauce topped with some... Fresh jalapeno, uh, a little bit of fresh lemon, and cilantro. Woo-wee. And it's, I mean, as, as Michael said as I passed him the plate, these are four of my favorite ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a, a flavor bomb in the mouth. You got the spice, you got the citrus, you got the... Uh, the, fat, the fatty the, fish that's not too fishy? Yes. The bite of the cilantro mm. and then the, the smooth little ponzu sauce that yeah. just wraps it all up in a, a nice, toit little... Bite. Bury me on a bed of cilantro. Yes. It's all like, um, yeah, cilantro, lemon, Sometimes fish, soy sauce. Sometimes is one of those things that I wish I could just bathe in. Yeah. <laughs> you can. I don't know what it would do for your skin. Some people want the 
the the the Chick Fil A nugget sauce. I'll oh, take a, yeah. um, a tub mm. of ponzu. Dip your nuggets in ponzu. You heard it here first. Doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah, but this is one of the freshest and uh, most like enjoyable bites that that you've brought to us. All and since this is a short episode, and I'm gonna break kayfabe uh, because we've already technically had our Christmas episode, but I've got you guys some wrestling-inspired uh, things that I found on the internet. Somebody was that made bootleg merch uh, was having a sale. And Shane, don't be mad at me. <laughs> Shane, don't be too upset. <clears throat> Matt, I know have... Matt can't be upset. <laughs> but did Eric Watts have a t-shirt? No, there's okay. no Eric. It's not, it's not Eric Watts, but it's funnier than that. <laughs> <laughs> the new rockers. Uh, Love Al, it. Al Snow and Marty Jannetty. But, but, yeah. Do you know what his actual name was in the uh, new rockers? I do not. Leif Garrett. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. That's very funny. Wow. <laughs> That yeah, and uh, Matt's is a traditional, like, Michigan Steiners one. But the guy... Oh, and I'm wearing the one that I bought for myself. What do you got? Doom! <laughs> but, yeah, uh, they were just having, like, a Black Friday. Like, oh, I just need to get rid of some of my the stuff that I have. And I was like, okay, what do you have? And then I was like, oh, well, this is perfect. Yeah. That is <laughs> awesome. Think photos of these will have to go up on uh, Twitter. Yeah, so absolutely. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. So I was like, oh, all right. I mean, we're closer to Christmas than our Christmas episode, Breaking mm-hmm. Kayfabe. But, you know, it's wrestling-inspired, and uh, it's Christmas. fun. Yeah, this is, like... February when you're hearing this. Yeah, 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 exactly. But know that this day in February, maybe Matt's walking around with a, you know, bootleg Steiner shirt. And, you know, I can say, hey, I have a Valentine. So. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Like on a mission? Of course. Yes, For the dudes of discourse. We'll march forward into 2021. <laughs> well, while we're putting those shirts away, let's uh, talk about something that happened right around the same time as the Raw. Uh, a couple weeks later... The movie The Fugitive would be released into theaters. Who would have thought this movie would be as big as it became? Yeah, it was a top five movie mm-hmm. that year. Yeah. Uh, what's the sequel that doesn't have a minute? U.S. U.S. Marshals. I've been meaning to do a double feature of these. I'm a big fan of uh, the John Mulaney stand-ups because it's like, oh, well, if somebody's that good at performing and writing, of course you watch these multiple times. But he has that fugitive bit, and I have still yet to watch The Fugitive. I've seen parts of it on television. I know what it is, but I haven't quite haven't quite done it. So last week I said In the Line of Fire was one of my guilty pleasure movies. This is one of your favorites. This is my favorite guilty pleasure movie. Really? Yeah. Yes. I What about Desperately Seeking Susan? <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> no. it's... This is my absolute favorite movie. It, favorite be... guilty pleasure yeah. But it's not. A, I don't believe it in used to come players, on. But I know where you're coming from. It used to come on HBO all, all the time, the time. Yeah. and literally every time. This it is like on. your pre Shawshank. Yes, I can see that. I can see, that. I can see that energy because I've seen parts of this a lot, but I have not sat down and like ingested it as an adult because it's two different things. Dang. Watching a movie when you're a kid and watch a movie. It's a good when you're older. That. Twelve-year-old, twelve-year-old Matt was just like a man with only one arm. <laughs> it, what? <laughs> the que- like the I like is is Harrison Ford actually show up in this movie? Because we know he's doesn't always show up. Like yes, he was, still you know, like up in this even film. like Blade Runner, incredibly popular film. It's a pretty easy argument to say that he doesn't show up in that movie. I'm trying to remember, did he get? 
an Oscar nomination for this? I know Tommy Lee Jones did. I think Tommy Lee winning. Jones just did. Yeah. yeah. And, like I know Tommy won, but I couldn't remember if Harrison. Tommy did Lee that. Jones might be like one of the best actors at just being himself. He's yeah. kind of like and he's think, kind of like White Samuel Jackson, where it's like I only do one thing, but I do it <laughs> better than anybody else. And like, if you want me, like I'm the only one that can do it. And see, the thing is, I think I like Tommy Lee. This is the movie that made me love Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, it wasn't Cobb. No, <laughs> I hated that movie. Yeah, me too. It was on TV all the time. It's like, oh, this prick baseball player. Was it in Coal Miner's Daughter? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it was Sissy Spacek. Yeah, yeah. I love Sissy Spacek. It was in nominated all four for ever in. seven Academy Awards. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, this Best is a picture. forgotten heater. Best picture. Best, Best picture. Director. Best screenplay. Sporting actor. I'm just trying to remember if Harrison Ford got one or not. God damn. This. I guess I'm watching The Fugitive this weekend. Who directed The Fugitive? Andrew Davis. I don't even know who that is. Neither do I. I know. That's wild. I know. Yeah. Years later, the uh, the janitor on Scrubs, Neil Flynn. Oh, he's the it's, one. It's he's my favorite into, part of that show. Yeah, he's he's in The Fugitive. He plays the security guard. Oh, And really? then it crosses over into Scrubs because JD is watching... The fugitive, fugitive and, and they make that scene comes on and yeah, Kimbo. Yeah, I need to watch uh, the fugitive and I'll get to it. But I have not gone down my what is it, John, Jonathan Davis? No, that's the guy Andrew. from Corn. Andrew, Andrew Davis. Davis. <laughs> Andrew Davis got? filmography. Code of Silence, Above the Law, Under, Under Siege. Holes. Oh, he did Under Siege. <laughs> the first one. Under Siege Two is the one on a train, right? Yes. Is that the one where the girl comes out of the birthday cake? I think Under Siege 2 might be more popular than Under Siege. It is. Okay. It's a better one. And they're both bad. Yes, okay. but it's it's badder in a better way. When I was a little kid, <laughs> I had two neighbors that would watch me. And as a kid, I didn't realize they were lesbians, but they were really... One of them was really into Steven Seagal. I don't know about the other one, but they were very into Steven Seagal. He was actually the original director of The Running Man, but he got replaced. Oh. Hmm. Probably, for, I mean, I don't know. Running Man's a great movie. Collateral Damage, Perfect Murder. I forgot Chain Reaction. Steal Big, Steal Little. So this is a, a situation where it's like, well, everybody gets one. Basically. <laughs> Keep grinding. Uh, I mean, he's he's got a Chuck Norris movie. He's got a couple of uh, did Steven he do, Seagulls. Did he do Sidekicks? Code, or code no. of Silence. <laughs> he got the package with, is that Gene Hackman? Oh. Chain Reaction with Okeanu and Morgan Freeman. This is the most anybody's talked about. Andrew Davis. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Matt, with the name. Because I was about to call him Jonathan Davis again. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fugitive. I hope wherever he is, his life is peachy. That's a corn joke. Agreed. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to Monday Night Raw. First up, we get footage from the last Thursday with the Lex Express campaign. Oh, my gosh. About being patriotic. Yeah, yeah. he's... New American? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you only think about yourself and look at yourself for the longest time, the next thing in your, your storyline is to only care about America. Where was the face turn? Well, here. Uh, okay. We'll explain okay. it right here. Because they don't show it. Yeah. I was kind of hoping they would. But on July 4th, Yokozuna would hold a body slam challenge on the USS Intrepid. Which we've talked about before. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Exactly. Mm. No one was able to body slam him, uh, including Bob Backlund. Yeah, of course Bob Backlund wasn't going to body slam him. Multiple football players, uh-huh. a basketball player, Scott Steiner. Steiner could have done it. Tatanka. 
Could have probably done it. Crush. Probably could have done it. Randy Savage wasn't able to. Potentially could have done it. Those are some big boys. But after all of them haven't been able to, a helicopter flies in and lands on the Intrepid. And out comes... And Ric Flair comes out. Lex Luger. He called Fuji and Yokozuna cancers in the WWF. Ooh. Hit Zuna with his loaded forearm and then lifted him up for a body slam. Though Fuji would only say it was a hip toss. Did it look like a hip toss? I did not see it. It wasn't a full body slam. No, I mean, of course it wasn't. Because he's 550 pounds. Yeah. I remember watching this back in the day because when they showed it, they showed a few of the, you know, the clips of Backlund and Steiner and them coming down to do it. And then at some point, Yokozuna takes a lunch break. And he mm. just stands there with this monstrous bowl of rice and chopsticks. Oh my gosh. And eats this big ass bowl of rice with chopsticks. He went so, hard on that chonko. Yeah. The the amount of time it took him to empty his big ass bowl of rice with only chopsticks was I mean, longer than the actual event itself. <laughs> I, I just I can picture Backlund's face selling, trying to do the slam, <laughs> and I'm in love with it. But after that, Lex went on this campaign basically mm-hmm. on this bus the yeah. Lex Express trying Ted to gain revival. trying to gain support from fans to earn a title shot right. versus Yokozuna Lex with Lex I'm doing it right now can you hear it the opening montage comes on and then Vince McMahon welcomes us to the show welcome sorry that was my Vince that's the best Vince you've had so far <laughs> the, I think it might be my only one Bobby the Brain Heenan and Macho Man Randy Savage join him for commentary, and they preview the show. Before we go to our first match, Shawn Michaels with Diesel versus Marty Jannetty for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Oh my god. I feel like we've seen this before. I I feel like this has been going on. I also like the fact that I gave the name Marty Shanetti and you gave me a record show. <laughs> Marty Shanetti. Oh, good. it was all planned. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, we don't... it was almost Luna Vashane, so... Oh, oh. There's no Luna Vashane sh- is good. There's no shoots here. It's all a word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the champ came out first. Foreshadowing. Don't forget the clip of the loaded yeah, towel. Yeah. The footage is shown from the, nine weeks ago. The loaded towel. When Marty would be HBK for the IC belt because of Mr. Perfect's interference. Of throwing a towel at him. I say loaded towel because it was just a towel. I mean, hey, the... the... A towel's a towel's a towel. Have you ever got cotton in your eye, man? It hurts. burns. Sure. As the match gets going, Michaels attacks Janetti as he's talking to the ref. Goes for a back body drop, only for Marty to flip over, turn, and deliver a clothesline. Schoolboy roll up, goes for a body slam, but Sean floats over and goes for an O'Connor roll, only for Janetti to duck, sending HBK through the ropes and to the floor. Back in, the two men are running the ropes when Marty tries for a hip toss, but is blocked. So Sean then tries, but it is blocked, which gives HBK the opening for a super kick, only for Janetti to duck, which frustrates Michael. Of course he knows that kick. Mm-hmm. Cheap shot by Sean. Charges into the corner, only for Marty to move, sending HBK into the turbo. Followed by multiple hip tosses and a body slam for two by Janetti. Yeah, there you ask. Marty touched on that kick. Michaels with a back elbow, head slam into a turnbuckle, charges into a big boot, and receives a middle rope clothesline. 
Marty then goes up to the top rope, but Sean moves in time so Janetti just lands on his feet and connects with a DDT. Ooh! Makes the cover for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Quickie. But. Oh no. Diesel jumps in the ring oh my God. and starts arguing with the ref. He can talk? Showing him that the boot of Michaels was on the ropes as we go to commercial. So so now Diesel's a ref? He's trustworthy. Is he? Sure, why not? Okay. We come back and the two men are brawling on the outside as Vince tells us the match was restarted by the ref after the brain had shown him a replay. So the brain even got involved. Yeah. Who's more trustworthy than Heenan? Exactly. I mean, honestly, nobody that I know. <laughs> back in the ring, Marty hits a snap suplex and a backbreaker before applying a sleeper only for HBK to escape with a back suplex. Michaels with the knee sends Janetti out to the floor, but once they're back in, they run into each other for a double KO, which also sends Sean out to the floor, where Diesel is helping him up, only for the ref to come out to back the big man off as the show goes again to commercial. Whoop day it is. Back from break, HBK slams Marty's head into the turnbuckle, then comes off the top with a double axe handle for a two count. Applying a face lock to wear down Janetti, even using leverage. Marty, Marty. I love hearing Marty chants. Just saying. Marty begins to fire up, lifting Michaels up onto the ropes to crotchy and a flying back elbow. Sending Sean to the ropes, only to telegraph the back body drop. So HBK attempts a power bomb. Oh my god. But Janetti reverses it into a hurricanrana for a near fall. Michaels is an Irish whip to the ropes, avoiding a charging Marty. Comes off the top rope with a crossbody, which Janetti rolls through for the pin, and no! Sean kicks out. Marty with a faceplant, setting up for the super kick, but HBK falls down into the ropes and gets tangled up. So Janetti then charges in with a crossbody only for Michaels to be able to move in time to avoid sending Marty flying out to the floor. Mm. The thing about the like being caught up in the ropes is like it can happen on accident, but if you don't stay on them, they just get out of it. Mm. So he's just rope-a-doping him here. Diesel picks up Janetti, rolls him back in, Ugh. allowing Sean to crawl over for the pin and the win. And still... Yeah, I thought there was going to be a title change the reason we watched the show, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For real, I was like, oh, you got the thing. We then get an Ico Pro ad with Lex. Woo! Yeah, I'm... Be a big beefy boy. Yeah, email us some Ico Pro. We're trying to be uh, the hot dudes of discourse. I mean, everything The beefy boys reboot. of uh, buffoonery 2021. Everything in the world is getting a reboot, so... Mm-hmm. Why not Ike, bro? They have a great logo. I like the logo. We then get a Slim Jim ad with Macho Man. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Snap into a Slim Jim. Uh, yeah. Savage and Heaton are then having an argument over which of their weekend shows, Mania or All-American Wrestling, is better. Because Mm. one of them is a co-host for each one of them. them. Yeah, fun spot. Also, why would you call it? Mania? Mania. WF Mania? Yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense when you say it, but Mania, you're just like, it sounds like you're just blind to us. It's not WrestleMania. You gotta keep 
Yeah. Keep clean with your manias. It might feel like a six-hour show, but it's all matches you've already seen. <laughs> we then go to Vince, who's in the ring, and he introduces Money, Inc. DiBiase's counting his money, which is his favorite pastime. IRS tells us that they were robbed of the titles by the Steiners, and next week they get a rematch, and we're going to send them out losers. Main Dollar Man then says, speaking of losers... There is a really big loser in the WWF, Razor Ramon. And all of a sudden, the bad guy makes his way out to the ring. Bad guy with no bank account. Chico. Ted continues by offering Razor some menial jobs, like washing his car Mm -hmm. and shining his shoes. There's somebody with a lot of money out there that would have paid Razor to just, you know, wash his car. Ramon chimes in, rich man... Taxman, let me get it right. I work for you? No, no way. way. I've done a lot of work with my hands, but only for me. Ted got excited and offered him more money. DiBiase says, everyone has a price, even you. Razor then shoves Million Dollar Man down. IRS tries to throw him over the ropes, but ends up getting tossed himself. <sighs> Ted starts screaming that no one does this to Money, Inc. I'm going to embarrass him. And I'm going to challenge the one, two, three kid. Ted, that seems like a bad idea, Ted. I mean, the one, two, three kid beat Razor. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's the biggest loser. Yeah. So Ted beats one, two, three kid. That's money bag. Much better than that. Also, that one, two, three botch face first into the concrete. It still hurts right now. <laughs> we then go to our second match. Men on a mission. Mom. Of Mabel and Moe with Oscar versus Rich Myers and Hank Harris. Yes, Rich Myers and Hank Harris. I'm totally expecting Rich Myers and Hank Harris to win this match. Yeah, their, their performance they're, uh, they're the favorites, right? here inspired my back tattoo. So Oscar brings Mom out. Rapping and the crowd is into it. Oh, yeah, even though this was their debut Yes, and there's one guy that is way Into it and he's doing like this is 93 whoop day. It is got the crowd doing whoop day. It is Like he's making the show about himself. He is the original bad WWF fan, (laughs) but I love him here for it He's a better PN news. Yeah much better and even Oscar's a better PN news than PN news but because his rap is pretty Good. fun, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's passable for sure. And then the that crowd guy doing the cabbage patch, fucking made me want to go to the roller rink. Loved it. So the jobbers attack men on a mission as the bell rings, but Mabel just clotheslines Harris out to the floor, while Mo with a drop toe hold followed by a Mabel leg drop on Myers. Mabel then with a body slam, double back elbow, and a double elbow drop by men on the mission. By men on a mission. It's hard to say. The mommies. Mo throws Myers to the corner so that Harris can tag in. Mom keeps up the attack with a shoulder block. Body slam. Mo goes up top, jumping off to add more weight to a Mabel splash on top of Harris. That's some big boys. For the pin. And And the the win. win. Well, I guess I need to get my back cleaned up. They, they, weren't, they weren't as impressive as I thought they were going to no. be. Yeah, I know. They definitely weren't on a mission. No. 
If they were, just, their was names were so impressive. I was like, well, these guys are obviously stars. Exactly. Oh yeah. I mean, just yeah. the name alone, Harris and Myers. It yeah, like yeah. Tag team of the future. Mm-hmm. It says it right on my back, Harris backslash Myers. We then go to Mean Gene with the Summer Slam report. Gotta love the Summer Slam report. And Gene's dancing along with the men on a mission uh, rap as we join him. Very adorable. He previews the matches that have been signed for SummerSlam, and he tells us that President Jack Tunney, Tucky Tunney, will let us know this weekend about Luger and his title aspirations. But Bret Hart and Lawler, I was like, oh, I'm so pumped for that. Conceptually, mm-hmm. you guys are looking at me like it sucks, or it doesn't happen. I don't know, but we'll get there. Mean Gene then starts yes, singing "Tiny Tim." Oh my God! Little tulips. Tiptoe through the tulips. Exactly. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Vincent sends us to footage from the Lex Express campaign trail. We get to see some more of that. Mm-hmm. And then we get Tiny Tim in the back singing Tiptoes Through the Tulips. Yes. Tiny Tim, giant, scary-looking guy that wore, like, bad suits, played the ukulele, sang in a kind of ghostly... Somewhere between like tenor and falsetto. I just don't understand. He's kind of like the real life Beetlejuice, except for he's like Beetlejuice meets Pee Wee Herman. Don't say it again, please. He's like Michael Keaton as redacted (laughs) (laughs) meets Pee Wee Herman. Redacted. 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 (laughs) And then you just don't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I've never understood the. uh... The appeal, the of, appeal Tiny of Tiny Tim. Tim it was just like, look at this freak yeah, stuff, I think. Anytime he's been on something, it was more of, let's bring fun him, of him on so we can make fun of him, and he'll make fun of himself a little bit. Yeah. But is he really, or is he just being himself? I'm happy for him to get a payday, or being himself and being self-aware, just because, but I don't really know what he added to pop culture, but he's here at the moment. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you say tiptoe through the tulips, you know what song you're talking about. Yeah, so. yeah. He basically He's at least there in he, the pop he legitimately looks like Tim Burton's like older bigger brother. Yeah. <laughs> like if Tim Burton, well, I don't know. I was going to say if Tim Burton and Weird Al had a kid. Yeah. That was like Benjamin Button or, <laughs> but he didn't age in reverse. I don't know. He just know. Kept I, getting yeah. scarier and scarier. Looking. Tiny Tim is a thing if you're not aware of it. Look it up. Yeah. It's a thing. It was not, a thing. He's not just, you know, the kid with the crutch and uh, yeah. the Christmas carol. Mhm. He's like the anti-comedy he is the, like, anti-comedy, if there's a, like, wild pop culture comedian at this point in time, it's, Andrew like, Dice Andrew Dice Clay, and he's, like, the anti-comedy, like, Tim and Eric version of that. Yeah. And in that respect, it's pretty interesting, but... If American Idol had is, yeah. debuted in the 90s, mm-hmm. he would have been one of the... The things they exploit ones. or yeah. whatever, yeah. yeah. It's weird. The... the William Hung. Yeah. So we go to our third match. Bastion Booger Ugh. versus Scott Dupreeze. Get a load of them. That ham hog. So Ugh. last time we saw Bastion Booger, he was Norman the Lunatic at Aww. Capital Combat. What was Norman's little guy called? Didn't he have like a... He had a little teddy bear with yeah. him. Yeah. I don't remember. I can't remember what his name was. That um, was back in episode 45. It was a while ago. I mean, RoboCop was on that show, so you might not remember Norman. Capital Combat, baby. Do you think Bastion Booger's ring outfit 
is the was worst an, of all time. Well, <laughs> it is that, but do you think it was an inspiration to Mila Jovich's costume in oh, Fifth totally. Element? Totally. <laughs> you think that's where I got this idea? Did that movie come out already? No, yeah. no, that movie doesn't come out oh, until like that's, years away. that's why I'm saying this being inspiration to it. Oh, you think okay. Luke I Besson you, was I thought you big... were saying inspired Oh, by no, it. no. I think Luke Besson was a big Bastion Booger fan. He might have been. Booger uses his power with a clothesline, a butt splash, leg drop, power slam, and a dropping down on the shoulders for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And the joke is that Bastion Booger is gross and looks gross and mm. probably smells bad. He's a booger. He's supposed to be the most disgusting person on the planet. And he does a pretty good job of looking like a loaded diaper. Yeah. So I just feel bad for him because, I mean, you get hired on in the biggest company in the world and this is what they give you. I mean, he's not Scott Dupree, but Scott Dupree made like 60 bucks tonight. Yeah. Post-match Bastion with a clothesline that sends Dupree's out to the floor. And then we're told that next week we get Bam Bam versus Bret Hart. Oh my gosh. On Monday Night Raw. King Doesn't of the that Ring sound good? Or I want to see that. Repeat. Yeah. So, if you want to watch that match, go ahead. Hey, We're well, not going to cover it. No, but maybe I'll watch it later. Who knows? We then get the King's Court with Jerry the King Lawler. Burger King. Burger King. Is what the crowd is chanting. Of course they are. And he brings out his guest, Tiny Tim. In a Mickey Mouse suit and tie. Lawler starts making fun of that suit and tie. Is that your real voice? Before asking him to sing a few lines. But the king cuts him off, really, before he even gets started. Oh, yeah. And we get We Want Brett chants behind here. Crowd's really taking over. Jerry asks when his career ended, but does give him a chance to plug a radio show in Nebraska? I guess so. Ah, sure. I didn't hear what the show was. Yeah, it was a show in Omaha, Nebraska. Because, you know, he probably did, like, shock jock radio that morning in New York. It's like, Nebraska. wasn't around yet. Nebraska. back at there at the time. You've been in Nebraska? Jesus. Hmm. But Tim kind of gets a little bit of revenge by saying, Uh, Of course. Jerry's not a Burger King. He's a Dairy Dairy Queen. Queen. Which I just couldn't believe that I didn't think of it first. So good. Lawler isn't happy about that, so he breaks Tim's ukulele. Oh, no. And Tiny Tim starts crying. Very upset. We then go to a WWF action figure ad with Macho Man. And then we get a Royal Rumble video game ad. Which, I don't know if y'all played that game, but it was awesome. I have played it, but only, like, I think I, like, rented it as a kid. Yeah. For, like, Super Nintendo, but I didn't, I don't... I never played it enough to know what I was doing. So I had the WrestleMania game for Nintendo. I'm trying to remember if I played the Royal Rumble one or not. That's the one that kind of looks more like Street Fighter E, right? Yeah, or is that the that's not the full motion one? So I played the WWF Superstars, like the full size arcade one. I remember that yeah. one. That's when I wished that they would have put on a home game system, which you know, they did twenty years later or whatever. But yeah, they just didn't have the tech the technology. I don't think I ever played the Royal Rumble one. I feel like I missed out. Well, we're going to get to Twitch one of these days, guys. Patreon, Twitch. (laughs) It's all in in motion. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Wink, wink. We're not going to fight over them. We'll let them fight over us. (laughs) So we go to our fourth match. One, two, three, kid versus Chris Duffy. Patrick Duffy's secret cousin. Kid's using his speed to gain an advantage. 
when all of a sudden Money Inc. makes their way out to ringside to scout the one, two, three kid as he has accepted the Million Dollar Man's challenge from earlier. One, two, three kid, don't back down from a motherfucker. Nah. The kid with lots of kicks for two counts. Those kicks. Then all of a sudden, Razor Ramon climbs over a guardrail to be at ringside as well. Stare off. While Duffy hits a hip toss. One, two, three kid comes back with a spinning heel kick, multiple snap leg drops, but charges into a big boot. The kid hits another spinning heel kick, a clothesline, a drop kick into the corner, going up top, coming off with a leg drop for the pin and And the win. win. Post-match, the kid's looking to leave, but he sees both Money, Inc. and Razor Ramon. Leaves to the crowd. He jumps a guardrail and heads out through the crowd. Is he the first guy to really leave through the crowd like this? Does John Moxley own him his whole career? Razor Razor starts taunting DiBiase, and officials have to come out to stop them from really going at it. Yeah. They still kind of act like they're going to do something, but... You know, we got we to gotta tease. We then go to Vince, who's previewing the next week's show. And Savage has macho boy Jason with him at ringside. Oh, this is adorable. <laughs> and Bobby gives him bunny ears before McMahon can stop him. Yeah, it's very cute. The little kid. Parents dress him up as Macho Man. Macho Man has to put the little kid over because Macho Man loves the kids. Macho Man's here for the kids. And we like it. That's right. And then we get more footage of the Lex Express as we fade to black. So I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Monday Night Raw? Janetti Michaels, always. Yes. The one, two, three kid, Razor, Million Dollar Man, kind of foggy. saga. Kind of foggy. I, I'm trying to remember where exactly it goes, but it's, it, it didn't. I'm intrigued. It, it, there, it's continuing, but it didn't gain steam here. No. I found the show to be really entertaining. Yeah. As the Michael Janetti matches. Keep getting better. We get some storyline beats, uh, especially with the Ramon turning face. Yeah, here. yeah. And I thought Men on a Mission looked impressive with their size. I know they were just facing some jobbers. Yeah, but, but no, they were cool. People were into it. They had the like. They did a good. The rap thing was done pretty well, even like with the hype man and the camera on him. Like while the match was going on, but you could still see it. Like the production was all pretty solid, and. Cabbage Patch Guy. Cabbage Patch Guy. <laughs> Cabbage Patch Chris, that's what we'll call him. Okay, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Good, Where, where's the smart marks at? Alright, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So give me the best moment of the show. I mean, I love me the the Janetti Michaels match. I mean, the Jenny has Michael. It, when Janetti, it looks like Janetti has won the match again. Yeah, that's when I was like, "Oh hell yes!" And then they did the thing, and I was, so I for some reason wasn't ready for them to do the like, kibosh on the like match final because I was yeah. like, "Well, they're just gonna keep passing it," and that's fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, we had a Slim Jim ad too. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't not mention a Slim Jim ad. No, cause... yeah. Everybody here is good. This is a solid uh, 40 minutes or whatever, but Janetti Michaels and uh, Janetti looks really good against Michaels, and they keep, like, yeah, they were a tag team. We've seen a couple matches between the two, but they're continuously getting sharper to each other's moves, and, like, Marty being smarter and Sean being more brash 
is like not oversold, but if you are watching this, it feels like a natural progression. How about disappointing moments? Hard to call anything on these Raws disappointing. I mean, I will say that the... The King's Court. The, the Razor... I, yeah, Tiny Tim is just not entertaining at all. The no. King's Court did nothing to enhance the King and Bret Hart. Yeah, if Bret Hart came out and like King. and like stopped him from hitting and smashing the uke and then like smashed it over him. Or I mean, or something hell, like even that. Tiny Tim opening his jacket and showing a Bret Hart t-shirt. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's yeah. good. But Shane, I like that a lot. It was just, let's bring out somebody that... Doesn't really have anything to do with wrestling in the first place. I mean, it's, and, it was pop completely designed to just thing. get more heat on Lawler. But I'm like, the entire crowd's already chanting Burger King. How they much more, more heat? Can yeah, you it's get like on the, on the only more heat you can get on him involves Brett, and Brett's not here. I feel like they, though, while the Razor thing is moving forward, I feel like One Two Three Kid kind of took a back seat and it kind of got muddied. But at least it's still in your mind, and you're still interested in where it goes. But this is obviously like your weak, you know, weak middle act, or your. Uh, it's the beginning of the first act, basically. Okay, I guess because yeah, he's turned face. So yeah, I can see that. I'm just thinking more about like one, two, three kids stealing the money, yeah. and like him being the star here. But obviously, he's the up and comer. How about best performer? I mean, it I mean, it's probably should be Marty. Funny. Yeah. But I was really, I really liked Men on a Mission. Men on a Mission definitely deserve uh, they were a, thumbs, super a thumbs up, but they're not Marty Jannetty. No. Or Shawn Michaels. But Marty, you know, just continues to have crisper interactions with Shawn. Both of them, honestly. Yeah. Yep. I'm not going to lie. Shawn, actually, looking at him in this match, he looked like he had kind of fluffed up a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. He had. That was just a little bit more of a chin. He had a little, a little bit puffier of a stomach and not as as defined. So I don't know if it was. just... He went off the sushi. A little diet. bloated, and you know maybe it was just water weight. Maybe he had a you know a drink a drunken weekend and. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he had a drunken. Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he just he didn't look as fit as I'm used to seeing him. Which I mean, yeah, have your chubby day because I know what you look like for the next twenty something years, anyways. Anything surprising. A men on a mission because I didn't know that was a thing, and I was like, "Oh, it's Mabel, it's Viscera." Like I didn't know Mabel started as men on a mission. I know that he eventually dons a a particularly gold hat at some point in the future. Yes. So I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that's how that started." So that was mm-hmm. kind of neat. One of the surprising things for me was, and I'm not going to say it was disappointing by any means, because actually I think it, it's actually it's an interesting thing that WWF was doing because it's not something you really ever see from them now, is that Money, Inc. was doing this one thing with the Steiners, but they started building a whole new storyline Yeah, that's a good them. point. That, that makes... Because nowadays, it's like literally they have to finish a storyline before they start something else. It's yeah, like they don't forget about a storyline to start another They don't ever thing. build at all. And so it was interesting to see them... Yeah, it's like they've got... We're hyping this match, but... Let's plant start this. Seeds. Let's start this program and plant these seeds as so, well. Yeah, it's like we got our our toes in two different pots. One's hotter than the other, but the other one's warming up. So it's like, all right, well, we can blast on to the next thing. Exactly. Anything else from you guys? Not really. I mean, these raws are always fun and they're always pretty solid and hard to complain about. Yeah. I mean, it's guys losing to jobbers and then like a 
marquee match, whether that marquee match is at the end of the show or not, is depending on you know yeah. how it's put together That's and one of the things what they're building and blah blah blah. I like that they used to do back then, just mix it up a little bit. You know, they had uh, you know this show specifically. They had Sean and Marty as the opening match, and then your main event was One Two Three Kid and and it was more of a storyline. Yeah, type yeah, thing. yeah. And it's one of the things like, oh, the these guys are going against these other people. A, you don't know their name, but it makes the when you're against a guy that nobody knows who that is, you're immediately a bigger star because of it. Yeah. Whether you whether you end up being a star or not doesn't really matter. You are bigger because of it. It's trivia time. Oh my god. So this week, the category is What's in a name? It's just a name, a name, a name, a name. What's in a name? I've got one of those before. You have gotten one of those before. <laughs> I will give you the real name of a wrestler. You give me the name of such wrestler. You can give me the answer without multiple choice. Five points. We go to multiple choice, goes down to three. So the person I am looking for... We're going to buzz it. Yes. We'll go... Exactly. So the person I'm looking for this week is Adolfo Bresciano. Adolfo Bresciano? Yep. Hmm. B-R-E or B-R-I? <laughs> Come not on, that matters, Jane. but... B-R-E. You can. I'm not going to bark anything out before multiple choice, honestly. Yeah. So if you want to bark something out, go ahead. I'll go multiple choice. I'll wait till multiple choice. Okay, Okay. we're going to multiple choice. Your four choices are Dino Bravo, Ron Garvin, Rick Martel. Oh my God. Or Jacques Rougeau. You named the same four guys. (laughs) You think that I was just going to give it to you? Uh, Hmm. Garvin, Dolfo, Bregiano, Dino Bravo, Garvin, Bravo, Bravo Rougeau, Rougeau, and Martel. All right, I'm going to go Bravo. That's my guess. Damn it, that was going to be my guess, too. It can be. We can split the points. <laughs> it's whatever. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to guess, because this is rough. Well, if we're going to play by the rules of the game, Shane buzzed in. Oh, uh, we buzz have to buzz in on the multiple choice? Why wouldn't you have You're to? the one who even said. I know. Exactly. I just figured we both guess and then we go from there. So Shane, what was your guess? Dino. Dino Bravo is correct. So that will be three points for Shane. Woo! Four points ahead. Thanks, buddy. No problem. It's fine. <laughs> no, once he said Dino Bravo, then I was remembering back to the dark side of the ring. I was like, I know it's not... Literally, I, as soon as yeah. I said the name, I was like... You guys have watched Dark Side. Well, of the that's Green. why I mean, yeah. That's like, I guess I knew that's why the name sounded familiar. Yeah. But then, well, I knew the name it wasn't was Rougeau. My head was Bruno San Martino because I couldn't remember if that was his actual name. Yeah, I knew it wasn't Rougeau, and I knew it wasn't Martel. Yeah, so I didn't know if Rick Martel had. So I was like, well, an actual yeah. different name. I just picked four Canadians for you guys to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good. It was a good. Uh, I do like name. my Canadians. Ugh, fucking up my own rules here. <laughs> Next week. G1 Climax 1993. Whew, going yeah. to Japan. Yeehaw. We're going to have some fun with that. The matches that we were going to cover <laughs> were on Daily Motion. Were they? At one point they were. <laughs> but uh, it disappeared. It seems like they're kind of stepping up and removing those things because yeah. 
I'm you know, not mad about people it. People have too much free time right now to sit around and watch stuff, so you may as well just take away stuff that they might want to watch. <laughs> so Cheers. we've had to go out there and find some tapes other places. And so we'll have a few matches. A lot of them are just going to be like literally highlight finishes finishes and, and matches and, and stuff so. like that. But I think we'll cover enough of it to kind of get an idea of what happened during the G1 Climax. And we'll have fun doing it. So Definitely. That's, that's always... What matters? You know we love going to Japan. We do love we going do. to Japan. Music from this week's show is Monday Night Raw and One Two Three by Jim Johnston. Wrote both of those. If you like this show or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns. Recipes. Exactly. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter at Wrestling HistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Later.